Welcome to the suburbs with Andy and Greg. Hey, it's nice to see you in person after recording all these remote sessions. Good to see you, too. You're much taller in person. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've been working on heightening. (laughs) (laughs) It's the heels. (laughs) I think we're going to be recording episode 12 and a half. Something like that. I've got a favorite line out of these 12 and a half sessions that we've recorded already. Any guesses? Gosh, it could be anything. I have no idea. I see dead people. (laughs) (laughs) It's a classic. It is a classic. And I think one of the things that summarizes it so well is because, you know, here it is. Dark, I'm on the Peloton, by myself, in my head. But when she came up to me to say, I think I took too many pills, <laughs> and that morning breath hit me, I thought it was going to knock me off the Peloton. I didn't know how to drop it. <laughs> like, if it was Keely, I could say, are your gums rotten? And she would... <laughs> But that used to be like our code word for, hey, you need to go brush your teeth. <laughs> because it's just, you know, I can't I can't do anything halfway. It's just got to be no doubt left in your mind. And so I said to, to my mom, hey, you know that Oral-B uh, electric toothbrush that I've got? And she goes, yeah, I do know that. I, you've had that for a long time. And I go, I do. Do you want me to buy you one? No. No, I've got one. Oh, and does it work and everything's good with it? (laughs) She goes, yeah, what are you getting at? And I said, oh, just, you know, we've got to go to the grocery from time to time. And I didn't know if you needed to replace the head on it. Well, it has been a while since I've replaced the head. Well, you're supposed to replace those quarterly. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So let's go replace that, and we'll put the new one on there, and you can use it tonight and tomorrow morning. Oh, okay. Extensively. (laughs) (laughs) Until the battery runs out. (laughs) I realized she's incapable of using the calendar of pills. And so I said, Mom, I'm going to be dispensing your medication for you. Why? Because you took that whole thing of pills that's why was it a whole day's worth or a whole week's worth multiple days just like tic tacs yes <laughs> yes i took the bottle and then she was texting me relentlessly and calling me and it, i was down at her house working and she would come up to me and she'd go give me one more chance give me one more chance with the pills <laughs> please i promise i won't I thought, it's like living with a junkie. I mean, this is like when somebody says, I'm going to get clean, and then they really, they they didn't realize the implication of what getting clean meant. And so they're just begging for something. That's That was her. Like every, I'd be cooking dinner and she'd go, could we try it one more time with the pill? Mom, stop. (laughs) No, I'll be better this time. I know you want to be better. No means no. No means no. It's a no for me. So then my sister, unable to separate herself still, takes little Ziploc bags and labels them with, and and it was like, she thought that it would be easier for us to give my mom the vitamins and the medicine. She needed the medicine because she was hallucinating. Like she saw stuffed animals, 
changing the light on the ceiling fan <laughs> as a hallucination. It's better than like people telling her to kill somebody. <laughs> kill Greg. Kill Greg. I mean that. I have this that wouldn't have been thought in my head. <laughs> sneak up on Greg. Sneak up on Greg. <laughs> Brush your teeth and then sneak up on Greg. That would have been helpful. But she really needed those meds. So Kathy has like vitamins and meds in a Ziploc bag that go into another Ziploc bag that's labeled Tuesday, Tuesday AM, Tuesday lunch, Tuesday PM. And so the little Ziploc bags are in the mothership of the day Ziploc bag. And she thinks, okay, this is going to be somehow different than the calendar pill box that didn't work. And you know what happened? I'm sure another failure. Yeah, she took all the pills again. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yes. She doesn't know morning, noon, and night. She doesn't know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so it was just a different container to violate. Oh, look, a big bag of pills. I think I'll take them. So she did that. I said, okay, this is also not working. I'm dispensing your pills for you, mom. And she's like, oh, please don't. Unwilling to give up, my sister gets this locking pill dispenser <laughs> and it unlocks and little pills go down the chute and it's shaped like a flying saucer. <laughs> At a certain time, it makes a chime. And a pill just pops out. Yeah. The magic door opens up and the pills come rolling out. And so I called it the flying saucer pill dispenser. And my mom became obsessed with the flying saucer pill dispenser, and she couldn't go anywhere. Hey, mom, do you want to go to dinner? She's like, oh, I can't. I have to be here in front of the pill dispenser when the door opens. <laughs> it's like a, a treats for, for dogs. Right, <laughs> that, right. That you can control via Wi-Fi when you're away from home. <laughs> it's like that. Now she lives for the... The flying saucer pill dispenser to drop her out a piece of medicine. A nugget. Let's go out to dinner. I'm. You know what? I I've cooked and cooked and cooked, and um, I I really need a day off of cooking. And uh, so let's go. And and here it's it's the country. So it's there are these places that are that you just don't get a lot of in the city that are taverny, independent, mom and pop places. Sure. Sometimes the best food. Really good. We've got two hours until. <laughs> The magic hour of pill dispense. No, I can't go. Why can't you go? Because I got to be here when the pills are dispensed. Mom, that's in two hours. We can definitely go there, eat, and come back, and you'll have plenty of time. Um, can we bring it with us? No. <laughs> just, in, just in case we get in a car accident, I can still get my pill. <laughs> Run out of gas. This sort of ties into medicine. I guess in a way, but uh, when we were kids in the days before interstates, we would always travel to Florida or North Carolina every year on vacation, Hilton Head or somewhere in Florida. It was through the mountains of Tennessee into Florida, and the ritual was always station wagon packed to the gills, kind of uh, Chevy Chase-like, big giant uh, Land Cruiser. Did you see Rock City? <laughs> no, but I saw Christy Brinkley pull up next to me in her Ferrari. <laughs> Always stopped for lunch. It was always like tuna fish sandwiches and lemonade. Homemade. Yeah, oh yeah. Homemade tuna fish sandwiches. And then 
um, after lunch, we would always get what was deemed mountain medicine. <laughs> okay, now we've, we've had lunch. Now everybody line up for your mountain medicine. So after lunch, of course, you have three kids that are now in a coma <laughs> for the rest of the day. And then as we grow up, we find that they were spoon-feeding us Benadryl. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was under the guise of the term mountain medicine. And uh, mm -hmm. I let mom and dad have a six peaceful hours <laughs> until we arrived groggy. <laughs> you had drool all over your sleeve. At the hotel for the overnight stay on the trip. I still remember the, okay, now line up for your mountain medicine. Okay. And you you guys gleefully do. Sure. We don't want you to get car sick. You know, we don't want any of that. So you need to take some mountain medicine. Were they pills or was it liquid? Liquid. Liquid. Hmm. Delicious. And wash it down with a little lemonade and back in the car and away we went. Wow, man. Benadryl. So was it a flavored Benadryl? Like grape or something? Cherry, yeah. Cherry. Boy, they always get so close to the actual cherry taste with the faux cherry, don't they? What is it about cherry that is impossible to replicate? It tastes like flavored poison. It does. <laughs> you know the minute that you taste it, okay, this is going to be this is horrible. something that's supposed to be good for me, but it's like vomit medicine. We never really connect the dots what was really going on. The whole idea is that we'd be asleep and not fighting <laughs> in the car. So did you roughhouse in the car on the trips? It was a three-seat station wagon, so there was a kid in every level. <laughs> so there was one up front, and then a parent in the back seat with number two, and then the third seat was usually a solo. Oh. That's how they kept us all separated. And my dad actually had made some uh, thin piece of foam covered in plastic on plywood cutouts that would sit in the floorboards to make little beds for us so we could actually lay down in the floorboard of the wagon to sleep. Mm -hmm. Safety first. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking minus the seatbelt. Right. Hold on, kids. We're, oh, things are getting a little rowdy up here. No helmet. No. No no protection at all other than the foam and the plywood. I think he made also, uh, before the days of car seats, he would make uh, little blocks two or three stacks of wood nailed together with also a piece of foam and plastic for uh, booster seats in the car. Boy, nothing sounds like safety to me. Like anytime you say nailed wood, <laughs> my next door neighbor in our first house when I was a kid was building a tree fort with his dad. And I think, I don't know whether his dad got busy at work or their creativity just stopped at the platform in the tree. That's what it was. and. Somebody wasn't very good at nailing. So when they first built this thing, I climbed up it and jammed a nail into my armpit. When you say nailed wood, all I can think of was climbing into this tree fort, getting to the top. Like there was this hatch that you climbed through sure. to get to the platform. Nothing on the sides. Like you, could, you could topple out of that thing in two seconds. There was no protection. Did you get tetanus? <laughs> Just wondering. You know what I did get? I got the tetanus shot. I got a tetanus shot more often than it was probably um, suggested by the World Health Organization. You were on a, a battery of tetanus shots. I did. My it, it, it didn't matter where I got injured. My mom was taking me to the doctor after that for a tetanus shot. I mean, the minute that you're outdoors and you jam a nail in your armpit, 
if you've got a nurse for a mom, you're going to the doctor and you're getting a tetanus shot. So I definitely did that. <laughs> my parents didn't medicate us. We went on one trip before my parents got a divorce. Maybe it was the trip that made them go. <laughs> I don't like you. This isn't working for any of us. <laughs> the kids, you, the car. <laughs> this whole thing needs to go. We need to reboot. I hate my life. <laughs> right. Honey, hey, did, did I mention to you that I was happy before we met? <laughs> Remember that gleeful look I used to have? Well, it's gone. <laughs> You've killed it. Oh, my. Well, how about some counseling? I don't want your sticking counseling. <laughs> yeah, not for me. You didn't know the joys of going to the other parent's house for the weekend? No, never. Oh my God, that was like torture. I can't put the full responsibility on my dad for that. This is the 70s. And so you don't have all the forms of entertainment or things to do with each other that you have now. Temporarily lived in an apartment complex that had on one floor, there was a ping pong table. On one floor, there was a pool table, and there was a swimming pool during the summer. We had to agree. It was like movie theater or or nothing. <laughs> Limited choices. Yeah. So he'd say, what do you want to do this weekend? And we're like, go to our grandparents' farm. <laughs> Anything but this, please. Get me out of here. It was terrible. And he couldn't figure out when I got old enough to um, drive and hang with my friends that I said, I'll meet you for dinner. You know, I'm going to spend my weekend hanging out with my friends. I'm sorry. It's not you. It is me. <laughs> I'm drawing the line in the sand. That's right. My line in the sand is, I'll have dinner with you. Not breakfast, not lunch, dinner. <laughs> so this is something that we should actually ask our podcast listeners. What's the ask column that used to be really big back in like the 70s? Dear Abby? Dear Abby, yes. So this is a relationship question that I'm going to. I'm going to hit you with, and I need your opinion, Andy, and podcast listeners. I need your opinion on what's going on here. I'm driving home from mom's, and I always check in with my dad several times a week. So he's got this neighbor. We'll call her Joan. They struck up a friendship. Joan would see him working in the yard and come up and say, wow, you seem to know a lot about plants. And he's like, yes, I do. Hey, I was going to go to the garden center and buy some plants. Do you want to do a gummy and go? <laughs> sure, I'll go. So she's got a daughter and a husband, and they've become friends over the over nine years that they've known each other. And then this happened. He's got this two-seater that he, Mercedes that he like treats as his little race car, and he, he needed to have it serviced. So Joan takes him to the service center. Fast forward to the next day, she takes him back to pick up the car, and he looks at her and he says, I love you, Joan. <laughs> that's a hand grenade tossed in. <laughs> well, that's the way I saw it, too. All of a sudden, she's distant. And he can't figure out why she's distant. He goes to the internet and he looks up medical conditions. She says to him, I don't remember our friendship being like that. I just remember being friends. And so he takes that as she's got amnesia. <laughs> and a husband. Yeah, forget the husband and kid. And he wants to believe that they're, they're friends. He didn't realize that his interpretation of love when he says it 
is like, I love you as a friend. He didn't say that. He looks her in the eye and says, I love you, Joan. (laughs) (laughs) And so she distances herself. Did she move? (laughs) She called Mayflower. She moved to Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) And so he's like puzzled by the whole thing. And so her cookie cutter response is, I don't remember our relationship being like that. Can she just say, can we just be friends? She didn't say that. Oh, she did not. So anyway, he's on WebMD and everything else looking up symptoms, and he finds out this selective amnesia condition. And he starts to read about it, and he grows concerned that she's got a condition that needs to be treated. It could lead to Alzheimer's. He doesn't want to get involved and and explain this to her husband because he doesn't feel like it's his place. How does he convey to her that she needs to go to a doctor and have a brain scan and search for a cure to this selective amnesia? And yet, when she sees him in the car, she waves to him. Mixed signals. Yeah, he's in his mind, he's getting mixed signals. Hey, now, she's waving to me, but yet... She doesn't love me. What is wrong with her? He could leave a note in her locker. (laughs) One option. He's puzzled by this. And and I'm sitting there like, well, this is a no brainer. This has nothing to do with temporary. (laughs) It's the L word. And uh, so I said, can I ask something? And he said, yeah. I said, did you ever write that? I love you, Joan. And he said, yeah, I I sent it to her in, in emails. And I said, okay, dad, I don't think this is selective amnesia. I think that when you say I love you, it's open to interpretation, just like a text is open to interpretation. And you can read inflection in a text that's not even there, Mm -hmm. especially if you're writing a woman who's married and her husband comes across it. You know, let's say that she's on the computer reading your email And there you are with going to the garden store was really nice. I value our friendship. I love you. You know, and he he goes, he said, I'm an 88-year-old man. I have no intention of having sex with her. And right then, I'm just like, what is going on? Took it right to the finish line there. (laughs) He said, I'm not some Casanova. (laughs) I was like, well, you got that part right. That's the only part of this whole relationship that you've gotten right. (laughs) You're not a Casanova. You're a talented artist, maybe even a poet. I don't even know. You aren't understanding that the word love is open to interpretation. And how she's interpreting it and how you're saying it isn't the same, especially if her husband sees it. And so she's distancing herself from you because you're in love with her and she just wants to be friends. And he's like, well, I don't believe that at all. Bah humbug. (laughs) I said, why don't you? Because I've read extensively about selective amnesia. (laughs) Got it nailed. Here's your problem. Why don't you also, while you're researching that, I'm going to, I'm going to say one word and I want you to look this up. Denial. (laughs) It's more than a river in Egypt, Dad. It too is a condition. It could be. 
it it could be and it might apply here and i said i want you to think about that think as a husband you come across a, an email from your neighbor that says i love you joan i mean what would you think and he goes oh oh i see what you're saying and i said yeah and he said but i think it's selective amnesia <laughs> he's back to that <laughs> He's hanging his hat on that one. Yes, he is. And so he said, and the more confusing part is I'm 88. There's only 1% of the population that's 88 or older. My friends have all died. His second wife died. And so he doesn't have any friends around. Now, he that's that's his deal. He chose to not meet people or drive around he's kind of a recluse he doesn't he doesn't have the curly yellow fingernails of <laughs> the, who's the dude that had the plane and howard hughes howard Hughes. yeah he's he's not howard hughes. he's not gone to that level yet <laughs> no he doesn't yeah his toenails aren't like 10 inches long and curl in on each other <laughs> he doesn't have the zz top beard or the weird hair or the jet but he's definitely a recluse. Maybe you need to get out. You know, I mean, <laughs> that would not go well. He tried to take Joan to the flower store, and that, that was a fail. She liked that. And so she would come to him with yard flower suggestions. So anyway, he decides he needs to have a come-to-Jesus meeting with her about their relationship. <laughs> Boy. And so he calls her. And she answers and she's all, oh, well, hi, how are you? And, and he's like, well, I, I'm, I, I need to talk to you. <laughs> uh, and she said, oh, well, come on down. And he said, well, I know you're a private person. Is your, is your husband home? <laughs> this is, the setup <laughs> is already going south. Okay. And she says, yeah. And he said, I think that this conversation is better private. Do you have time to come down here? And she said, sure, I'll be right down. And so she comes down. And uh, so she's asking all these questions about my sister and my mom and me and my kids. And, and he said, well, okay, we can have that conversation, but that's not why I wanted to talk to you. And she said, oh, well, why do you want to talk to me? And he said, because you're pulling away from me. You're pulling away, and I, I, I can't have this relationship with you. It's got to be all in or not at all. And she gets this puzzled look and says, you don't want to be my friend? And he said, I do want to be your friend. I don't have friends like this. This is such a rich relationship and we have so much in common and I have so much fun with you when we're together. I do, but I can't have an on again, off again relationship with you. And she's like, so you don't want to be my friend? <laughs> It's like, where's this going? <laughs> and he said, yes, I do want to be friends. And she said, oh, okay, good, because I like being your friend. And he said, oh, so so we can do this? And she says, yeah, I think we should be friends. I mean, I like you. I, I think you're, you're a great friend. Oh, oh, I'm so relieved. Okay, great. So they catch up on family and everything she leaves and he sends her an email uh-oh 
about how relieved he is that they had this conversation and they cleared up the air and I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs> Backspace that out. <laughs> and so uh, she says, I can't do this. Dude. Please stop. It was all going so well till the email came across. I'm sure she's greatly relieved. Okay, well, at least everything's squared away, and then bam, hit you again. I love you. (laughs) So what is your take, dear Andy? I clearly believe that the fact that he is uh, using the L word, he's using it in the wrong context in his mind, and she's using it in the wrong context in her mind. She thinks he loves her like a relationship, serious relationship. I think he thinks it's more of a friendship i think they can't get that across to each other i mean i don't think he loves her like he wants to have a relationship with this married woman and i think she's hearing this from him thinking wow that's weird knock it off (laughs) hi this is andy if you enjoyed listening to our podcast please be sure to subscribe and share remember laughter is contagious help us spread it by telling a friend